I'm not in Miami. I was like, yo, I'm really about to be alone on my birthday. And then I was like, yo, let me see what this nigga Lau up to. Sure enough. Yo, oh yeah, we having a birthday party for my girl. You trying to come? Oh man, bro. <laughs> y'all niggas, yo, y'all literally saved me from having like probably one of the worst birthdays. I think because I had like a bad birthday the year before. Damn. You ever uh, go through the whole day on your birthday and nobody says happy birthday to you? And then you have to don't buy your own birthday cake? Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, if you haven't had a birthday like, like that, then. <laughs> you got some shit you want to talk about, yo? <laughs> I've had I've had a few bad birthdays. Let's just say that, and that's one of that's one of the better bad ones. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? God damn, yo. I mean, yo. I, I'm not. I'm gonna just let you have that one because I got something that's way worse. I got like a. A horrible birthday before. I, I'm sure I can match it. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that shit sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is, man. Life sucks sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, shit's just not, shit's not perfect. You know, it's what it is. I feel you. I know one time I had, um, like, it was, I think it was like during them transition years where. Social media, you kind of tell like Facebook is dying out because there's less people talking throughout the day, right? Yeah. I feel like on your birthdays, right? So I didn't really, I think nobody had told me happy birthday really like that the whole day. It said like maybe one or two people. And I was like, oh, nobody even said anything on social media. I was like, oh, it's whatever. So I'm thinking, oh, well, I know my friends on social media are going to probably hit me up saying, text me or call me saying happy birthday. So my man's hit me, right? He's like, yo, bro. I'm like, what's up, man? He was like, yo, I fucking did it, yo. I'm like, what? Like, he ended up getting a job or some shit. I was like, I was super happy for him. Then I was like, yo, you know, today my birthday, right? Oh, nah, I forgot all about that, yo. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn. I was like, yo, bro, we done literally shared every, we've literally been around each other for everybody for our birthday every year. I was like, damn. I was like, yo, it's, it's one of them years. You start growing into those years over time, man. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know, it's it's nice. You would hope that your family remembers, but <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Some, sometimes shit just doesn't happen. The, the birthday I was talking about specifically, like I, so it was fucked up, right? Because like I was working that day and it was late. I was like, all right, so nobody said shit. Like I'm just kind of chilling or whatever. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to get myself an ice cream cake. So I went to fucking Acme when it was still open. And Acme, at the time, they didn't have fucking ice cream cake. So I was like, all right, well, damn. Like, what? Oh, no. Matter of fact, that's not what happened. I said, I'm going to get myself one from Cold Stone. And I was going to go in there and get the shit. And they were like, hey, you got to, like, advance order the shit. You can't just, like, come in here and ask for it. That's not the way it works. So I was like, all right, just put, like, pieces of birthday cake in a cup and gave me some birthday cake ice cream on the top with some m&ms in it and i went home and ate that shit we recorded who, so who wants to uh introduce the show all right niggas episode mm-hmm. 11 let's go right, go ahead finish it up wow <laughs> oh like jesus i'm here with my co-host hey um this is big cozy too cozy Lau. you know fellas go ahead and introduce yourselves this is uh nigel relaxing jackson how are y'all doing this week and sitting here chilling my friends, we got a lot to talk about. Ain't that a fact? Yeah, this is uh your man Spence out here. Follow me at IG Saint Kitch T- uh, Saint Kitch. It's not Saint Kitch TV yet, but Saint Kitch S T dot K I T C H. 
but yeah, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. How you, how you fellas been doing though? It's been an interesting week, but, uh, for the most part, my family, <sighs> yeah. my family's been safe. You know, I've been safe and everything is good. Everything's looking all right. Um, even my family was looking into, uh, moving this summer. So that's moving kind of on up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. That. yeah so <laughs> we, we trying to do something, you know, El Chapo loud trying to do something. Oh, okay. You know, I, I was uh, driving last night because I went to Gilroy's house and I was listening to The Rocks Report and I was wondering, like, between, like, The Rocks Report and po- Premier Politics, like, which one do y'all think is better? Because I personally think The Rocks Report is, like, I, I really like that mixtape. You know what I mean? I fuck with it. Man, it, that's, that's hard, man, because I like both. I think The Premier Politics has more catchy songs on there uh i think the rocks report has is better rapping overall but they're both damn good projects both that and 1.5 all three of them i feel like i gotta go with premier politics because sell dope was on premier politics right yeah yeah deal went sour was premier politics no it wasn't it wasn't it's rocks report it's rocks report I, I listened to it last night it's rocks report that's crazy yeah, I love that mixtape, man. That shit's good. Like, he got, what, songs like, uh, what, Skinny Nigga, uh, Fucking Deal with Sour. I'm about to download those and put them on my on my iTunes. Yeah, I'm about to. Let me add that to my live mixtapes joint. Like, Yeah, it was good listens, man. Like, I was just. I, do, I appreciate that. Nah, because, like, I was, you know, I was listening to uh, Sir Michael Rocks' latest release, and then I just, you know, wanted to listen to Rock Report. And I was like, okay, well, let me listen to it. And then, like, you know, most of the shit is on the streaming service, but then not all the songs were. So I found the shit on YouTube, and I was like, yo, like, just song after song, I was like, I remember the shit, man. Yeah, you remember the song he had with Jeremiah? You know, uh, Alchemist actually produced that, produced uh, Premier Politics, I think. Really? You talking about? Yeah. Yeah, um, Mikey Rocks came out not too long ago and was like, it could have been Premier, it could have been the Rocks Report, but it was like the 10th anniversary of one of those tapes. And he was like, I want to thank Alchemist for actually producing it for him. That shit's crazy, man. Like, because I, both of those mixtapes are really good. And I was just like, damn, like, I know it's a question I got to run between y'all because I know both y'all like the deal went sour and that's a really good song. Did, did you, how do you guys feel about Lap of Lux? I'm, I, I know that's like, it's not on the level of premier politics or uh, rocks report, but Life of Love was kind of like the in between before he started being on like you know Banco the weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But you know what? I think it's popular. Like out of the two, what is it? Popular in the part two, right? Oh Jesus Christ! But I, I like popular. I was listening to it like not so long ago. I was just like, you know, like this isn't a bad. This isn't a bad project. Like it's different. It's definitely different, but it's not bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, when it's someone different. Tell, when someone tells me it was different, that tells me everything I need to know. That's fair enough. I mean, it's not his best work. Banco's a lot better than that. And Popular Part 2 is probably his worst project of all time. Yeah. Well, you know why he changed his sound, though, from what I, from what I remember. Because I remember me and a friend were talking about this like years ago. Apparently it came down to because you know at the time him and Dom Kennedy like had similar sounds. Yeah, yeah, like because they both were on like the whole sample beat type of thing. He ended up changing his style up because he didn't want his style to get confused with Dom Kennedy's. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's really wild. It's really wild because 
what ended up happening was they both deserted the sound and they became they weren't as great of rappers. So. I don't know, man. Like I fuck with both of them. Like they both put out some projects that I like. Yeah. What is it? The fucking yellow tape, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I thought the yellow tape was ass at first too. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I had to go. That was the first album that taught me I had to like go back and revisit something. Like it took me like six months of like living and going back to it. And I was like, oh, this, oh, this is all right. This is all right. Be, but before, nah. It's good, man. Y'all listen to any new music recently? Yeah, actually, speaking of, of Alchemist, right? He actually yeah. did a. I, I'm listening to Alfredo right now by uh, Freddie Gibbs. He pro, he ended up getting that album produced by uh, Alchemist, actually. That album was really good. I don't know where it, it compares to. What's that album? What's the album that he had with Madlib? Oh, uh, Pinata or Bandana? Bandana. Bandana, yeah. Both classics. Yeah. Like I don't know where I don't know where it ranks between Alfredo where I put Alfredo and Bandana at, but that album is a banger. That album is a banger. Benny, did you hear Benny's? Did y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Boys, man. I, I I won't be surprised if this is album of the year. I thought Bandana was album of the year last year, and I think it's uh, a mean? travesty. It, it was a travesty. It, it wasn't uh, nominated for a Grammy. But, but at the same time, we know he's not one of those artists, though. I think Jim I think, Jones had an album of the year last year, personally. Really? Really? I, I no, Hold up. Was it the category for album of the year? Meek, 21, Dreamville, YB and Corday. And then there was a fifth person. I don't. I can't remember that fifth person. Oh, no. Tyler Creator, because I remember talking to you. Oh, Igor. Yeah, and and that ended up winning an album of the year. Some people were upset about that. Oh, that was with the Khaled situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can kind of understand it, understand it, though, because I wouldn't necessarily categorize it as, like, a rap album. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, he does rap on it, but, like, the amount of rapping compared to what, I, what else it is, it's more of, like, uh, I don't know how I categorize it, honestly. It, to be honest with you, it's pop music. It's alternative okay. pop music, but that alternative pop music sound is going to clash with like those titans that they don't want to clash with. Even when Tyler got the award, that was like a big deal also because Tyler was like, yeah, I'm thankful for the award, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm not. a. This isn't a rap album. Y'all just like to categorize anything that's considered, quote unquote, urban music as rap or R&B. Right. So since he was a rapper, they could categorize it as rap music. That's the type of music that he should that should be actually going up against like like someone like a um maybe kind of like a Selena Gomez or like a Kehlani or Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, like should have been in that category. Exactly. Or like and even like it's music that's outside that's not really racially bound bounded. No. So like, and I mean I want to start with the I don't want to start too early with the whole race thing, so because we got a lot to talk about, but yeah, we'll get to it. Well, what's your your guys' review on Alfredo? Um, out of five stars, I would give it. I would give it four and a half. I think the way I like it a lot right now, the way I see it is like it's probably the best album I've heard so far this year. But at the same point in time, I want to listen to it a few more times. Like I know I'm really hype off of it right now because I just enjoyed it a lot and like there's a little run in that album just well i mean the whole album's a run honestly but like it's it's just really good you know what i mean like i just thoroughly enjoyed it but yeah i to me it's uh it's great 
it's easily one of the best uh, albums that has rap albums that have come out this year already in the first half. I think it's in the same boat as The Price of Tea of China, um, Pray for Paris. I think it's like that. And it's funny how it's like these these low key rappers, right? They're not low key to us, but to the mainstream, they're low key. That they're putting out a much better fucking product of rap music than Wanna, Lil Bo, and not a knock on those rappers, but they just not they're not really rapping like that. You know what I mean? It's just the sound. And I just wish the albums that we know that okay, this this is probably rap album of the year or one of the best albums is more publicized the more you know more shine comes to it and even though we we like Griselda, right we fought with benny butcher west side and them but they're not even at the forefront of the new york rap scene it's like little tj them type of niggas and i'm kind of like them niggas to me personally they're i don't like their music i'm not a fan of their music i, I don't think they make good music they're i think that's just what they're they're the trend right now you know what i mean and i feel like niggas like benny the butcher west side gun they they just make better rap music. They're better rappers, you know. But but that's also probably because that's like an age thing, also, man. Because you gotta think about it when you look at like the like at, at some point we are becoming like the old head. Yeah, and we're group. getting we're like really <laughs> growing into it though. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, because like now now we're at a point where we're saying our music is better than like the new music, quote unquote. But like. But at the same time, like I think, like the little TJs and the TJX6s and <laughs> rappers like that, like I think some of those artists aren't meant to be understood by us. I think they're more understood by like the the newer consumer, to say the least. So like someone like Lil TJ, he's gonna run it because he's young. He's gonna he's gonna do it the way you want it done. Versus like we dealing with these rappers, like Griselda is all like. 35 and up yeah benny the butcher i think is the youngest out of all three of them and he's like 35 36 my thing about it is this though right like even though i think what you're saying is true like it's not like there's not you know any young people like putting out quality music it's just that it seems like it's very uh here and there you know what i mean that's the problem i think benny the butcher was about to be at that status of being like the top new york artist until um the virus hit honestly because you know he was supposed to go on tour he was opening up for uh russ yeah really yeah and that would have been a really good look for him you know touring with russ and all that because you know russ got that i like to call like the eminem crowd where like yeah they like rap music but they're really on the different side of the spectrum you know what i mean and exactly and for benny to be you know have a presence in that that's going to go you know, grow his fan base and his his stardom bigger. And and it's not that I don't like the new artists. You guys know I like Playboy Cardi. You know what I mean? And Playboy Cardi. What? And he's 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 clearly not a good rapper, but I like his music. I think it's entertaining. And you know, I did listen to Gunna's album. You know, I do like Gunna. I we spoke about Nav a couple of weeks ago. I fuck with Nav. You know, Lil Yachty. I don't mind Lil Yachty. I th- we spoke about Trippy Red a while ago. And he's he's cool to me, but. I don't like every one of them. I don't like the right. bankroll Hayden, little TJ, fucking. I, I don't. I don't like every one of them. It's like what Nigel kind of said, kind of like it's here and there. See, right. here, here's my thing, right? Like I had to kind of train my because you you remember when we first met like a while ago? Like I was like, look, if it's not lyrical, then I don't want to listen to this shit. And it was just like 
I, over time, I had to train my ears to kind of just appreciate some music for what it is, like the vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, sometimes that's just what you're listening to music for. Like, you're not listening for, like, some, like, lyrical, spiritual shit, you know what I mean? You just want to have something sound good. But it's also some good when it sounds good and it's like, oh, that hits a little harder, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. So did you guys get to listen to uh, Gunna's album? Lil Yachty's album or or even uh, G Herbo's Deluxe? No, I want to listen to Gunner's album because I have a feeling that I like it. I like his sound, but I mean, as far as like Lil Bo's album like or Lil Yachty, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I'll, I'll probably listen to it. You said that, you know, it was it was okay, right? Yeah, it, it was okay. It, like, you know, I was expecting much. I was like, uh, you know, maybe a song or two, but listen through i was like okay you know it, it's better than my expectations of it you know I'm not saying i'm the measuring stick you know something that's better yeah. to say i'm not i'm not the measuring stick nigga, but yeah you're not yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i'm not the measuring stick for all for all niggas i know that but i'm just saying for for me for me you know it just it, to you than my expectation yeah to el chapo you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah to me yeah you gotta chill. Nah, I mean, um, I heard like I didn't listen to none of these albums. Um, I I went to listen to I was gonna listen to like one and all of that. I ain't get around to it, but I keep hearing mixed reviews. Like I I'm seeing old his are saying like it's actually a dope album. Like even though you don't understand everything that he's saying, it's just the flow that he's giving. Um, I didn't hear anything about Yachty's album, but also I also gotta say like I like I. Some of the people I'm like real cool with that I respect their musical taste live in Atlanta also. So that comes so up. Yeah, that's that's true. They have a different vibe for it than we do. Yeah, because when I was in Atlanta, I was staying in Atlanta f- like two years ago. And I remember I was like with one of the people I worked with, I was in a car and we was talking and they was like, oh, they playing like they just blasting some music. I'm like, yo, who is this? They was like, oh, this little baby in Gunna. I was like, who's that? They was like, oh, you're not familiar? How you not know about them? They like the hottest thing on on the streets and then come back home and now they like become like the, they they are who they are. But yeah, like they got Atlanta going crazy, but. Well, Spence, I didn't, we didn't get to hear like what you've been up to this week. You know, what's been going on with you? Um, Not much, man. Uh, I actually, I actually been keeping it low, keeping it chilled out. I ended up listening to the, pro- the Problem album. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Problem or not, but I think he's like. What? He does that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> but oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I listened to. I end up just finding his album all, off the hump. The joint. His album is dope. It's called Coffee and Kush. Coffee, Coffee and, Kush, and Kush. Yeah, Coffee and Kush one. He got uh DC Young Fly on there. Talking some shit like in a skit. Talking about yo, you're not supposed to be drinking no coffee and Kush. You're gonna blow your damn heart up. Mm. Please drink some orange juice. Like the shit is fun. Like it. I'm not funny when I do it, but if you listen to DC Young Fly, this shit is hilarious. Like that, he has his mom on the album, and his mom was talking about like how she was like rolling up, how she would roll up weed and drink uh, coffee in the morning in front of her son. It was just, it was a, it's a dope album to say the least. Um, he did, a, he has a song that's a tribute song to Nipsey Hussle. Also, it was, I, I would definitely suggest listening to that album. It's called Coffee and Kush Volume One actually speaking of music right so you know how when you watch how you watch sports right 
I was watching the fight last night. When I was watching part of it, you heard like I just heard nothing but like rap music the whole time. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I was like, yo, like I'm hearing nothing but rap music the whole time. DMX, yeah. Method Man, Red Man. I think they even had Wu Tang or like they they was playing like all the hits, and then all of that stopped. All of that stopped when the fight when the last fight went on, and you had Burns versus Woodley. At the end of it all, it was like whatever song that was like a big Brazilian Latin song was the song that, <laughs> <laughs> that ended the night <laughs> because of Burns' victory over Woodley, man. Yeah, I, was, I watched the fight earlier today, and I was just like, damn, like he really was putting it on him. Like it, it was kind of crazy how he lost the fight because I figured that uh, I can only imagine after that initial hit in the first round that like rocked him. He just didn't seem to come back from that. I, I predicted um on the Verdict MMA app, I, I predicted that Burns was going to win the decision. I knew that he wasn't going to finish Tyron, even though it looked like he was going to finish him a couple times in the fight. But I knew he wasn't because I was like, well, you know, Tyron, besides from him getting knocked out by Nate Marquardt in Strike Force, he wasn't, uh, you know, he never really got hurt like that. So I was like, you know, he still got his chin under him and, and, but Usman really exposed him in the last fight because if you watch the Usman fight again, you see like he backs up a whole lot, and when he's against the fence, it's like he shuts down. Yeah, he never had that problem before. Before Usman, he never had that problem before because nobody was trying to pressure him to back up. And after seeing the Burns fight, I was like, damn, if he would have fought Kobe, Kobe would have embarrassed him because Kobe he keeps walking forward, and I I don't like Kobe, but you gotta give credit like. I respect that. Yeah, he does walk forward. But Usman exposed him, and I felt like Burns, because they fight in the same camp. They both trained under Henry Hoof. You know, they just use the same game plan, in a sense. You know, yeah. it's crazy, because I remember we were speaking about it before, and we were like, if Kobe Covington were to fight Woodley, like, he probably win, just because that similar style, you know? It's just kind of crazy that, like, I was watching it, and I was like, Tyron Woodley is he'll be lucky if he gets anywhere near a title shot anytime soon. Honestly, to be honest with you, I that is very true. I think right now, though, I think to be honest with you, I think either it it has a lot to do with him being out for a year mm. because it was going for like I think this is his first fight since his title defense since some losing yeah. Usman, and that was probably like a little over a year ago. Yeah. So this is his first fight back, but I think I think for Woodley. From what I saw, I was like, he should retire, personally. And really? Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, let's be honest, like, Burns is not going anywhere. Like, he's, like, even if he has a, a hard fight, if let's say he fights Usman next and he loses, right, he's going to probably be in the top three. He, <laughs> Kobe's probably going to be in the top three, and I'm not sure who else. Maybe, who knows, maybe Woodley would be the, maybe Woodley could be in the top three and just be number three and be the gatekeeper for everybody else. But from just seeing that fight last night, and maybe it had something to do with him being off for so long, but I'm like, yo, you have nothing to prove in the game anymore. You've won the title. You've had, you held one of the longest title defenses. And right now for you, this is the new competition. And he's trying to snap himself back into the fight the whole fight. You could tell yeah. he was, and when he lost to Usman, he said, "Yo, I wasn't all the way in the fight." You take a you take a hiatus of a year, some change. You try rapping out. You put out a bum ass album. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Put out a bum ass album. 
you're still trying to figure yourself out like maybe he's looking for something else to do outside of out of outside of fighting he even he's came out before and said he doesn't even like fighting like in his personal life he never was a fighter even growing up like that i believe he only fought because he said he was good at it. it i could be confusing him with anthony johnson johnson but i believe he was one of other, one of the other people that said that so i'm like it's gonna be a hard 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 fight for him to get back to the title after seeing his performance against burns i think he checked out in the fourth round honestly really yeah i i think willie should retire too you know or at least you know do a retirement tour where he might take one or two fights and fight out his contract to call it a day he won't never he'll never see another ufc title but with that being said he's he's easily one of the greatest welterweights of all time i mean he ain't gsp who's the greatest of all time but I feel like, you know, Willie, he's debatable two or three. You know, it's it depends if you think he has a better track record than Matt Hughes or not. But he's easily one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Off the top of my head, I'm not I'm not prepared to say that, but I think um, he'll probably be in the top 10. You know, I don't want to just, you know, stick with that. That's fine. But I, I think who's behind him? Who, Willie? Yeah. Like if you can name top five. A lot of people are behind. A lot of people are behind him. The only other welterweight I could think of right now that, you know, might have a, a good run to be in the top five is Robbie Lawler because Robbie Lawler had a good string of wins. And you could even probably say Carlos Condit, but Carlos Condit, he never won the big one. But Willie, man, he's won the big one, and he's defended it four times, and he's beat a lot of good people. I don't know. I'm just not prepared to say that, you know, just not right now. That's all. I mean, you're making some points. That. No, you are. And I'm not going to say that you're you're wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I just can't get on that <laughs> that wagon right now. Uh, is is cuz he's is it cuz he's a brother and you know <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. That that makes sense. <laughs> Hell no. Like that's not that's not the reason why. I think about, you know, the Matt Hughes era and just like some of the people who were there and I think Matt Hughes and GSP are the only ones who would really go there as far as welterweights and i think you know when you think about other people you're talking about pride and that's where i have to really think like well hold on wait who was killing it over there you know what i mean oh man it's hard man because a lot of those pride guys you know they were you know juicing who was the welterweight champion over in pride around that time i don't know it could have been like takanora gomi or whatever like that because he used to go up and down and and weight classes but you as you've seen when a lot of them lightweights and welterweights came over to ufc they was getting their ass whooped yeah, it's true. I don't know. Like, you could easily be right, but I'm just not prepared to say it. That's yeah, we'll, we'll have to – maybe we'll have to come back to that, like, um, when we have, like, our one hour, like – Pound down. for pound? Yeah, like a pound for pound conversation or something. Yeah. Who knows, just based off his history, or even if not pound for pound, just, like, the like those that Mount Rushmore or something like that. Who knows, like – Y'all hear about uh like during the post post fight press conference when uh Dana White was talking about John Jones? Nah, I didn't hear about what happened. What did you talking about in the post fight or the pre fight? Yes, the post fight press conference. I I know I didn't see the post. I know I've seen the pre fight. Well, long story short, um, John Jones like over the past couple of days has been talking about uh this interview that Dana White had with Breck Akimoto. Yes, yeah, and. That. Yeah, and they were he was essentially saying, like, hey, Dana White's going out here lying, saying that I asked for a hell of a lot of money. So um Dana White came back and said, Hey, you know, he did ask for a hell of a lot of money, he asked for fifteen million dollars in order to fight. 
And um, during the press conference, Dana White said, hey, John Jones was saying that Dana White tarnished his name. He said, I tarnished his name. I think John Jones has did a good enough job doing that himself. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. John, so at first, like, like last week, we kind of talked about it as well. And I was like, well, John Jones deserves the bag, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think he was asking for $15 million. I didn't. I didn't even know John Jones was getting paid over $5 million, you know, because t- John Jones tweeted out during this whole saga that, yeah, he makes fifteen five million per fight. But, you know, of course, that's with pay-per-view points and Five's all the other. Yeah, yeah. So when he came out, it was like, yeah, I want 15. Well, according to Dana last night, 15, 20 million. I was like, oh, yeah, man, like, you know, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. Like, yeah, you you might be the greatest or whatever like that. But, you know, whoa, you're not getting no Deontay Wilder, you know, bag type of bag. You're not. Yeah, but see, who knows? Like, I'm not sure if that is based off of maybe that's what is valued at after buys and everything like that. Because, excuse me, because like when you look at Connor, right? Because John makes about like five hundred thousand dollars. He makes a half a million dollars every fight, right? As a purse, right? And then you add in the buys and all of that, and then it, it equates to like five five million, right? Excuse me. So, may over five million so maybe uh, my my only guess is because connor makes around three million a fight now per fight just as a purse just to show up yeah correct yep so i'm i'm a, my assumption right now is he must be trying to get him himself where the the whole package is equivalent to 15 more than likely because he may be making maybe six five maybe five and a half six after every fight but if you add, if he's getting paid two million now, he's probably trying to get paid one one point five million up front, and then probably negotiate the buy numbers, and that's probably how probably where he gets to the fifteen, because I think a Francis versus John fight, like I said last week, I think that's going to do numbers. Yeah, that, he just got to. Yeah, for sure, that that'll do easily. Like I said when we was talking about a little bit, eight hundred thousand buys to a million, even a little over a million. You know what I mean? That's a fight that practically everybody would like to see but uh, i don't know if dana's wants to cough that up for john man i just don't i and i and i understand i understand dana not wanting to because at the end of the day with connor being who connor is he gets paid three million just just to show up right once he walks into the cage he's made three million dollars so i'm quite sure for john he wants he wants something that's relatively close to what connor's making overall but i don't know i just see it where you see what connor's doing you see what john is trying to do and if you could put if because francis didn't take any damage in his last fight he took a like two or three kicks and then pretty much knock knock dude block off <laughs> like <laughs> like it's real though like he knocked his block off and then he went to try to hit him again when the ref like try to stop him he's like yo i'm not done he if he doesn't die it doesn't count like from looking at that fight alone Imagine, imagine the amount of buys that they would get if that was the fight to start Spite Island. That was the premier, the main event for Fighter Island. It it would be crazy, man. It would be crazy. I know that John Jones and Dana are beefing and all that, but I think like this kind of opens up the issue of fighter prey again, where are are MMA fighters too underpaid compared to? I'm not even gonna bring up NFL, or NBA, but to their combat sports counterpart in boxing. You know what I mean? Like, are they too underpaid? So, like, I I get it. Like, if we're talking about like a low level UFC fighter versus a low level boxer, the the MMA f- fighter from UFC, 
he's probably going to be getting paid more, right? Because there's 12-12 to show a fight. While there's low-level pro boxers, like four-rounders, maybe six-rounders, they're, they're only getting paid a couple thousand, right? You're not getting paid unless you top billing on one of the top promoters. So I get that. But when we're talking about the, the mid-card and the, the top uh, fighters to the mid-card to top boxers, the boxers are getting paid more. They're getting paid yeah. a lot more. But I think that a lot of that has to do with um, one. You got to realize with boxing, the difference is you have different promoters, so that plays a part in itself. Where, okay, I don't want to deal with Bob Arum, I'm gonna deal with Eddie Hearns. Yeah. So I'm on top rank, or I want to go deal with Oscar, so I'm on Golden Boy, or I want to go deal with Floyd, and I'm on the money team. Yeah. Like with the UFC, it's just the the promoter is the UFC, so they don't have a. You can't pick who you want to go to, so you can't even try to figure out uh, when you, when it's time to sit down and make that contract. It's kind of like a standard, kind of a standard thing, unless you're one of the bigger fighters. What the UFC is, I think, the fact that the UFC is a growing sport still, WME is probably still trying to recoup their money from uh, from that four billion dollar buyout. Yeah, it's probably like right now it's it's hard for them. Like it's it'd be too hard for them to pay that type of money out. Like you saw Ron, when we had Ronda Rousey at the time, she wasn't getting paid. She was considered the Floyd Mayweather or Mike Tyson of the sport at the time. Yeah. Yep. And she was probably making no more than what, like maybe a million dollars a fight. Yep. On top of it, you got to realize like Floyd Mayweather, he makes a lot of money from a fight, but he's also making that money from from one he gets to for one. He is his own promoter. So he's he owns part of the fight. He has ownership in the fight in the promotion. But you also say, well, he wears Hublo when he wears Hublo on his waist for the fight. He's getting paid even more. He is. He may get like a million dollars just to wear Hublo on his on his trunks. While in the UFC they got rid of that, where Reebok was the only the sole uh, sponsor for the for the UFC. One thing that I uh, saw recently is they put out the Forbes list for the top 100 uh, athletes, highest paid athletes, and um, you know Floyd, or I'm sorry, Conor McGregor was number 16, and I think there wasn't another uh, MMA fighter on that list. Period, and I think it wasn't. Uh, I'm not sure if y'all know who Quentin Williams is, but I think as recent as last year, he was a rookie in the NFL. So I can imagine when you're like 33 and like the best fight, possibly the best fighter ever, you expect to get paid like a decent bit more, you know? Exactly. Plus, yeah, I realize like John even said, like I, like I was saying last week, John said in a tweet when someone asked him, is it money or legacy you worried about? He said, I don't care about legacy because I've led, I've, already paved that legacy already i've done everything in the sport i want to check give me the bag if you can't give me the bag let me go like even i think he even came out with this whole thing with dana and he's gotten to the point where he asked to be let go or something to that nature yeah john has nothing else to prove in the ufc especially in the 205 division i mean he's beat what me and Nigel like to call the elite four, like he beat Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Rashad Evans. And I feel like when you beat those four and you actually finish all four, or he didn't finish Rashad, but he dominated Rashad. It's like, okay, well, he's clearly the best. And he still went in, you know, whether if you thought he won against Dominic Reyes or not, he still still won the fight according to the judges. So it's kind of like he deserves more money. I mean, who's really telling the truth between him and Dana on the fifteen million? But I mean, he does deserve more money. I just don't think he deserves much as money as Deontay Wilder 
in Tyson Fury because like those guys, they actually made people go out and buy their pay-per-views. And it's not that John is not a bad pay-per-view seller, but he's not on the magnitude as Connor or, you know, Deontay and Tyson right now, or even Anthony Joshua, you know, or, or even Canelo, you know, Canelo, people love to watch Canelo box. They do the Mexican market and, and the other Hispanic communities, you know, but you know, and honestly, when I think about that also, that's probably another thing that doesn't help John. Like the thing that helps Connor the most is that he's, that he's not American. The fact that he has a country that can stand behind him. Like to be, to be honest with you, if, if Khabib was as braggadocious as Connor was, he would easily be the highest paid because he's from a country that's even bigger. Yeah. That probably willing to contribute even more money. So I agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's the huge, that's the big difference. And plus on top of it, I'm not going to say boxing is a dying sport, but um, I think boxing is just one of the sports that it, it what well, it was a dying sport at some moment in time. So because of that, now you see where it's like, okay, all right, you guys want the fans want the biggest fight possible and they're willing to pay whatever we're willing to charge. So to see Floyd lose, that's what everybody pays for a Floyd fight. They're paying this. Hopefully see Floyd lose. Like <laughs> when you pay that, when you're paying money like that, you end up having, that's what ends up happening. You end up being in a situation where it's like, Oh, I'm paying for Floyd to lose. So I want to see Floyd lose. And most people leave upset. And, but that's why he gets that huge payday. Cause he can charge $75 and he can say, I'm charging $75, but I'm also getting, I also want like, I want 30 or $40 out of the $75 of every pay-per-view buy. And y'all can figure out what y'all want to do with the, how y'all want to split up the rest of it. <laughs> Yo, but Floyd, people like Floyd and Connor, they get it, man. They get it. Yes. They're not everybody's favorites, but at the same time, you know, I think Floyd said this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Spence and Nigel, but he, I don't care if you like me or you don't like me as long as you're buying. He gets it because it's true. You know, like people are going to tune in whether you want to like, oh, I think he's the greatest ever or I want to see the piece of shit get knocked out. Exactly. Like, I mean, but they, they even said at some point that Floyd, Floyd, because that's how Floyd ended up making a lot more money. It was when he, like, if you pay attention to his career, and I, we can get into this deeper somewhere down the line, but if you pay attention to Chris Floyd's career, he goes from being pretty boy Floyd to pretty much being the money team, which yep. became like the he, he eventually just became the heel. Like Lloyd Banks always says, fuck being positive, negativity spreads faster. That's just the way it is. So I know we, I know we weren't, um, we didn't bring this up, but speaking of like boxing a little bit, I had told to you, I think I was talking to Nigel about it um, the other day because I just, I, it just came through my phone. But apparently, like the Nevada State Board of Athletics Commission, they actually gave a green light to the UFC and to boxing for like the next two weeks to actually have a event there. So, and I know Eddie Hearns and Dana White have rumored that they may do a cross promotion. Ooh, that'd be big. There's a couple of rumors going around. Um, I'm not sure if y'all heard of the Francis Ngannou, uh, Ariel Hawani interview recently, but they said that. They've been talking about Francis Ngannou fighting uh, some heavyweight. I can't remember his name right now. Daniel Cormier? No, no, no. Like a boxing heavyweight. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh can't remember his name. So oh. he'll probably be from one of um, Eddie Hearn's heavyweight boxers then. 
Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, not Anthony, not, not Anthony Joshua, but probably someone like Dylan White or something like that. Yeah, Dylan White. That's his name. Okay. So yeah, that would be actually a good fight. Do you know about Dylan White? Like, is he is he supposed to be good? Yeah, Dylan White's good. Oh no, you asked Lyle Gordon though. No, no, I mean, just like Spence said, he he's a good heavyweight boxer. He was actually supposed to fight Anthony Joshua right before Andy Ruiz stepped in. Yeah, yeah, he was. That was a fight. That was who. That's who he was intended to fight, but. I think does he have issues with like he always tests positive for like steroids or some shit like that. Yeah, he's he's another juicer. So yeah, but it's um it's interesting to see what would happen with that because because I don't know if you've heard about like the one one of the biggest cross promotions that would be a beautiful to see would be Clarissa DeShields versus Amanda Nunes. That that would be good. Um, I think Clarissa would wipe the floor with her in boxing, but if they did like MMA. That would be interesting. I mean, I still think I think Amanda would kill her in MMA, but it'd be interesting because Clarissa definitely has the mouthpiece on her to sell the fight. No, like I, I would watch that immediately. I think that'd be great, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would just be one of the most amazing fights to ever see, honestly. Like because now, now I, I think to see a cross promotion like that, it signifies a lot just with it being two women, especially. Yes. Yep. Because like that, like you, we've never really seen. Well, I hate to say it. Let's be honest. Like in the world that we live in, a lot of a lot of times society doesn't put as doesn't value women's sports as much as they should. So see, so you see in a fight like this where you're getting the top. Some probably argue in the box community that she may be one of the greatest female boxers of all times against what people in the MMA community will argue who could probably be seen as the greatest MMA female fighter of all time. Yeah. So it would be it I think that'd be great to see because I know um all I know is both promotions it's pretty much a three week span. So we have the UFC event this weekend. I think it's two fifty I think it was this weekend. Cause where was this fight at? Uh with Woodley. Was that in Vegas or was that in um Jacksonville? No, it was in Vegas. Yeah. You know, as far as female fight goes, like that's probably the biggest female fight that you can make, like period, as far as like well, unless they were to do like Clarissa Shields, Ali, but I mean, like that, I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think that's just, you know, them talking shit to each other. But I think as far as things that could actually happen, I don't know another female fight that could be bigger than that. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sh- I'm not quite sure what would be the best, like the the biggest female fight outside of that. I will hope for it to happen. I don't know when it could, but all I know is. Because we got Amanda Nunes versus uh, Spencer with this weekend, right? For UFC 250 coming up. Yes. So I'm not quite sure. Hopefully, if if Amanda was to win that fight, then hopefully we could get a fight like that. But I think only time will tell. If she could, if she was able to walk, if she's able to walk through Spencer, we may end up getting that fight like within the next couple of weeks. Somewhere, I think this weekend, Eddie Hearn, I think Top Rank, and UFC have a fight coming up. I don't know what the severity is to the to the boxing match, but or maybe they just were able to just get those dates. So I'm not sure, but the one it go, go yeah, I think uh, for the boxing, I have to look it up. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Shakur Stevenson is is the top billing oh. for that boxing card. Oh, really? Yeah, this weekend, this coming weekend? No, um, yeah, ne- yeah, uh, yeah, same time as Amanda Nunes is fighting. 
Oh wow, damn! Yeah. I'm gonna have to try to watch. That. I'll probably, I'll probably end up watching that. Yeah, and it's gonna be you know free on ESPN Plus or whatever like that. So it's not like a pay per view event. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Who you act, speaking of fights? Speaking of the ninth, right? I don't know who Shakur Stevenson fighting, so I have to look that up. But I probably don't know who his opponent is offhand. But what well, any information about the opponent? But who do you have on the for the UFC 250 between Amanda Nunes and Spencer? I got Nunes. I just don't know if she's gonna. Um, put her way in the second or third. I'm still debating, but I got Nunez winning. Yeah, I got I got Nunez winning probably in this probably in the second and third also. I got Nunez winning in second. Like I think she's gonna go in there and handle business and go home. Like I don't think <laughs> really. I mean, like it just is what it is. Like don't get me wrong. Like I would love to be surprised, but I just think Amanda Nunez is just too good. I have betted against Amanda Nunez multiple times. I'm not doing it this time. Absolutely. So let me let me ask you this, right? Knockout or submission? Knockout. She's knocking her out. Now she's going home and chilling. She's not submitting her like 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 the one shorty in the park. She, she won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> she she don't need a leash. None of that. <laughs> you know. Oh, that'd be an easy walk in the park for her pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, nah. Like it. I think she'll be fine. Um, you know what I mean. And I, I think it'll be over. <laughs> have y'all seen um what was Spencer's talking about? Have y'all seen this video of a man Amy Cooper? Yeah, the, um, Central Park Karen is what they're calling her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. Like this guy, he he was just chilling, trying to look at birds, and he was like, "Hey, look, I'm just I just don't want your dog off the leash." He was like, "Nah, help me. This black man is is bothering me. He's threatening me." And the uh, whole time you hear a dog. Because she's yeah. choking the dog by the collar. <laughs> like, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I saw it. They got little memes like about it. They were like, "It was her officer. She did this to me." Like, <laughs> 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 like, like, I just don't get it, man. Like, what did she think was gonna happen? And he said that he was recording her. Like, she's she's an idiot. You know, that's that's the confidence she had in the situation that. She thought even if he's recording me, it's all good because I'm just going to say that a black man was threatening me and I'm going to get away scot-free. Yeah, it's a shame. That's why I asked got fired. <laughs> oh, she got fired for that? Yeah, she got fired. Then <laughs> she like, great. Yep, the company came out and they said, nah, racism is not tolerated here. Like, fuck that. And I'm, I'm very happy that she got fired because uh, imagine the vice president of the company you're working for saying, oh, like, this African American man was threatening me. Like she knew what she was doing. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Just like um, just like the other like the one, like she deserves that because even out even outside the Floyd situation, but like how people weaponize, I guess you could say their privilege, just the understanding of like the the issues that happen between us and and the police officers to some extent. Even if there's no issue to be had, it's just the the stereotype to say the least. Right. I don't know if y'all saw, but that like someone got fired. Also, it was like this business owner or something like that. I think he was like owned a business or he worked for a company. No, he worked for a company, I believe. And these guys, these kids, he's never seen these kids before, apparently. But they live oh, in the he, city. He got fired? Yeah. He, wow. You know what I'm talking about. They live in the same yeah. building and they were in the workout place. They were all in the workout room and he was caught. I know what you're talking about now. In Minnesota, it happened in Minneapolis as well. Really? really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's either the city of Minneapolis, but it definitely happened in Minnesota in some shape or form. It's somewhere. Yeah, like that. That dude got fired. Apparently, like he lost his job. I don't know. 
I don't know if he was like a VP of a company or if it was his own company, but I know he lost his job behind that. So yeah, they was literally in the gym minding their damn business, you know, like that's just like, and it's it's so crazy because like even outside like Amy Cooper, right? If you really pay like when you pay attention to some of the stuff that goes on in the media, like I don't know if you guys saw it with the FedEx truck driver like a couple weeks ago. He uh, it was in a gated community. He drove his FedEx truck into a gated community to deliver a package. And when he's trying to leave out, one of the guys pulls in front of him and is facing him directly. And it's like this little regular sedan. And he's like, what are you out here for? Who who did you come to see? And I'm just saying, like, the guy says, like, yo, can I just leave? I, it's none of your business. I work for FedEx. Well, who did you come in here for? He's like, sir, it's a gated community. So someone had to give, give me permission to let me in. Well, I live in this community. I've never seen you here before. And it just becomes like this whole, he calls the police and all this extra shit. And apparently I think the video lasted for like 30 minutes or some shit like that. I dealt with a situation like that at my prior job. Uh, I had a customer who I was working with and I said, hey, um, I, I don't have access to your room. I need you to come out and you know meet me in the hallway. So he's like, all right, cool. So I meet him in the hallway. And he's like, hey, um, are you such and such? And I was like, yeah, it's me. He's like, all right, well, can I see your ID? And I was like, you know, sure. And I showed him my ID and he looked at it. He was like, all right, I decided to make sure you were who you were. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I have, if I wasn't supposed to be in the building, I wouldn't be. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's things to keep me out if I'm not allowed to be in here. <laughs> yeah. What, what I assumed he meant was hey you sound like a certain type of person on the phone but you your voice doesn't match that person who i thought you were <laughs> so let me see your id to make sure you are who you say you are that's so that's such bogus man that's such bullshit like <laughs> like you it's can't, crazy like how how can you tell me and i've spoke and i've spoken to people that are police officers and they've even said before like you know that's just like, i i and I'm not saying this is for all police officers. It was like a retired cop that told me this. He was like, "There's this is just some of the precautions that we take. And I ain't really going to get too deep into that conversation because I didn't really agree with a lot of stuff that was being said to me. But, um, and this is what a retired cop that I, I had like a strong rapport with, like outside of the law, of course. But yeah, like the, to me, this shit just makes no sense. Just like I've had, um, I remember when we were kids, and high school, well, when I was in high school, when I was a kid in high school, we, me and a couple of friends, we would play basketball outside, like in front of my friend's house. And then his neighbor who lived across the street would call the cops on us all the time for playing basketball. And he's like, it's disturbing the peace. And eventually, like you had, there would be situations where like, oh, sometimes, you know how you just hang out with a friend and you'd be in, in front of a friend's house, right? just chilling, talking, wrapping it up or whatever. And there's a couple of, it was about five of us outside just talking. Someone calls the police on us. And they were like, yeah, we just get annoyed. We're just getting told that there's a, there's a group, there's a loud group outside. I was like, we're not loud officer and all this other stuff. Next thing you know, they're asking like, oh, well, where do you guys live at? What does that have to do with anything? I'm in front of my friend's house. Well, why are you guys outside and not in the house? It's the summertime. We just want to be outside, just hang out. And, and and it got a little bit deeper than that because it's, but it, to me, I just don't understand it. Like you, why are you asking me 
why are you asking me am i who i said i am yeah like like it's just it to me a lot of the stuff is just bogus at the end of the day it's like it's a bogus ass way to like find a way of creating an issue at times like i've heard i've heard police officers literally say out their mouths oh can we arrest them and another officer i've heard officers say no we can't and another one's like damn it we we really like i've seen an officer really beg to take someone to jail like it's just crazy man like it's crazy yeah and you know i just don't understand i don't understand it man like it really just kind of blows my mind sometimes because it's like at the end of the day like the cops like they're supposed to be there to serve the public and protect the public you know they'll like i i don't understand when it when that forms into oh hey i'm gonna take advantage of this position that i have and use it to essentially uh harass people i don't i don't agree with that of course i don't think anybody does exactly and i was i was having a conversation with someone recently like earlier today actually about this i think a lot of times just like with anything with any and i don't want to say stereotype but with anything where it, it has that that negative connotation to it you see where a lot of these people they just they not all of these police officers are bad because i've i've met police officers that are they're actually good people and they're not like and i've i've heard of like i've heard of people that have had dealings with them and they're like oh no that's actually a good cop but you have you just have some that are just bad and it just makes it worse for everyone else and then the conversation becomes well how good are you if you don't say anything essentially so it's it like it's it's so much that goes into it but I think it's it's just one of those things where people just have to figure it's, it's just figuring out exactly how like how like how to distinguish what is good and what's bad and what's deceptive behavior and so on and so forth because like I I know people that are police officers and they're like cool people like and granted they look like me but they're just a cool a cool person like I I know people that were cool people that decided to become police officers to help change their neighborhoods but then you also have officers like this that like I know people that actually wanted to become officers that I'm not going to say, I think it was for whatever the personal reason it was, but I don't, I'm not quite sure if it was to help the community just because of the way they were trying to become an officer. Like they were trying to set people up and all this stupid stuff just so they could become, so they could get into the Academy. So you have a, a variance of ranges of, of people that are officers and people that are trying to be officers. So I just don't know what it is though, man. Like, even like with this George Floyd shit, man, like it's just, it's, it's some shit, man. It's just, it's just some shit. Like, I, like what, what do y'all, like, I, I don't want to keep going on the rant about it. Like, what do you guys think about this, man? Like, so, so here's what I think, right? I think, and I, you know, I've spoken to a couple people, you know, just the, I know how I feel about it, but I just had to see if, you know, other people feel the same way. And I think at, at the very least, what you can say about the situation is that this guy had a total lack of regard for his life. He was negligent. He should be fired and he should go to, well, he is fired and he should go to jail. Like that at the very least, that's what happened because he murdered that man. And I don't see as the, as to how you can see it any other way. I think the situation shows how us as black people are can be handled and how some people have a lack of regard for it because even though I say that's the least that you should be able to say for some for some strange reason it seems like 
people are like, oh, well, if he could talk, he could breathe. He had his knee on his neck. He had his knee on his neck for nine minutes. For nine minutes. Imagine that. Imagine fearing for your life for for up to nine minutes. That's that's even if he made it that long, unfortunately. Yeah. This shit is sad, man. Like, did you know they actually worked together? I heard that, which... There, it seems that there's more details coming out about it because it looked like they tried to put him into the car at some point yeah. or they possibly beat him <laughs> up in the car, you know, like, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly as to what happened, but the more details come out, the worse the situation gets. Yeah, because you see, I've seen the video where he was in the car. You can see where he's in the car and it looks like from the way it looks, he's in the car on one be on the driver's side and you see a cop trying to like mess with him i'm not sure if he's fighting him or whatever and then it seems as though the other door open is opened up also and it seems as though he's getting dragged out the other side they were fucking that man up they were beating the shit out of him and all three officers that was putting their knee on that motherfucker and the one officer was just standing there with the thumb up of their ass you know fuck all of them and, and um i i I'm a guy like that's right, wow. <laughs> no, like in, in all seriousness, you know what I mean? Like wrong is fucking wrong, you know? And nice. I hate how motherfuckers is like, well, all lives matter, all lives matter, all lives matter. I'm like, okay, you could say all lives matter, but you know, black lives matter, motherfucker. And I'm like, all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter motherfucker and i'm and i don't mean to cuss so much but it's just it's like people try to ignore the fucking premise of the problem people are so worried about this fucking looting you got these fucking celebrities crying about these stores and shit like that but they're not worried but they're ignoring the fact of why this shit even came in the first place all these riots came in the first place it wasn't motherfuckers who was just trying to do anarchy and and start a purge it's like you know yes granted there's some people that's fueling the bullshit i'm not gonna sit there and say 100 percent of the riots and the chaos is is all out of genuine honesty no but there is you know people out there that's fed up you know with the shit there's people that's actually mm-hmm. that's like you know fuck them fuck gucci fuck louis vuitton christian dior fuck all them all them all them stores that got fucking assurance and they don't give a damn about black people for real you know we out there buying the clothes to sporting it but they don't give a damn about us you know i mean it shouts out to nike and shouts out to adidas as the first two motherfucking companies to come out and actually show some love about this whole situation whether it was a pr move or not because nobody was was begging them for him to do it now you see all these other fuck, even the ufc came out and did a, a graphic for george floyd because all these other people they're just trying to follow suit now so this way they doesn't look like they're not they're not and i and you know when shit is serious when you start to see um non-black people non-black people non-hispanic people really stand non-pan-africans let's get that straight (laughs) (laughs) you you know when you start to see those people really stand up for the shit and really actually go out there and because people they you know somebody with good conscience actually good person knows like no, nah, this shit is fucked up. This shit is wrong. This ain't about no, you know, white versus black shit. You, I mean, it can, it the underlying thing it can be that right, but right. you know, some but people are actually looking at it like, yo, this police brutality shit amongst you know the it's everybody versus racism. Yeah, at this point. yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 fucking bullshit. And uh, for 
like us, right? We we just started our platform or whatever like that. But I guarantee you that if we had a much bigger platform, much bigger presence and audience in the media space, I feel like all three of us would have been out there trying to contribute in our on our own way as well to show like you know we don't stand for this as well. And it's not it's not a celebrity's responsibility to go out and do the same thing. But I commend the celebrities that actually go out there and do it. Like I I like that J Cole went out and he actually marched. You know, there's some other artists like Kelly Uche she went out to go march Wale was out there marching Michael B Jordan the actor he was out there I support that and a couple of the reality show TV stars that was doing it too and I because it's like look it's bigger than you and me and them you know it's it's I'm not saying that you know George Floyd is the the start of the movement but George Floyd was kind of like the needle well what's that old saying you know the the, the needle that broke the camel's back yeah yeah there yeah it was like straw. the straw yeah whatever but it was like that and, and to me i have i have a friend i have a friend that's a trump supporter right and he's not he's a minority but the thing with this friend is as even as a trump supporter it he realizes like okay this shit is fucked up and yeah. it's just kind of like when will it stop man and for the people that's defending those are the people that are like fucking clueless they're fucking clueless in the dark they're sitting there with the they're sitting with you know their ass on their thumb making sure that it feels good so this way they can you know spread their fucking point and it's just so it's so bizarre that in the times that we leave, we live in right it's like ronnie king part fucking two and it's just such a fucking like part five man at well, this yeah. point yeah you're right it, at this point you're right it is like part five it's a shame, man. It's a shame. And I think that people that they they really, 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 really need to see the fucking problem and, and not be worried about, oh, the looting, the, oh, the riot, the chaos. No, think about why this shit fucking happened. Not not because the, the, the actions that's being taken place because of the shit that just these are the consequences of what was done, basically. Right. 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 And, and, you know, like, just like you said, if you're going to talk about the looting, talk about what caused looting, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and shouts out to the, you know, the white people who are actually going out and saying like, hey, racism is bad, because at the end of the day, like, for whatever reason, when us as black people, we say, hey, that was racist, that was racist, that was racist. It's like, hey, you probably just saying that because you're black. But when a white person says, hey, that was racist, it, it brings a totally new perspective to it. And it seems like people seem to listen to that more, which I'm not sure as the as to why it takes that, because, you know, if we see it and when I when I see that situation and I see that knee on his neck, I think it only takes but somebody somebody with a little bit of heart to know that that situation was wrong. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, like I fought everything else. That situation was wrong. It doesn't take much to know that. But, so go ahead. Well, I was going to say I I agree. I absolutely agree with you. But I have I was friends with I'm friends with someone that's a therapist, right? And I remember her telling me once the theory with therapy is this, right? Where like when you deal with like families and stuff like that, when you try to help people, when they try to help these people out, and like anybody that comes from whatever situation they come from to try to make change, they realize like, okay, maybe you didn't break through. So maybe it's the next therapist that helps it, but they they always say. What it is is like the it's like a pickle jar effect where 
if I can't open the pickle jar, I pass it to you and you tap the bottom and you can't pass, you can't open it. And then you pass it to Lau and Lau opens it. It wasn't Lau that opened the jar. It's all three, all of our contribution. And I think a lot of things that are making people wake up right now is all the things that have happened in the past. When you look at the Freddie Gray situation, the, um, the Eric Gardner situation, because like this, oh, I can't breathe thing. You look at Eric Gardner, that, I think that freeze became much more coined or popularized at that moment with, with him at that moment where he's getting choked out because of selling cigarettes. And I think that at that moment in time, I think that's when America slowly started waking up. And then, of course, because there's so much else going on in the world and the media has a way of controlling our attention and what we actually digest, we people moved on past it and kind of acknowledged it like, oh, it's in the shadows, like, and then kind of kept it pushing. But I think a lot of this with the quarantine right now, it forces people to stay at the house. And because of that, you're able to say, okay, oh, you know, this is wrong. Like even like some of my followers on Instagram that are white, like I, I pay attention to what they're doing as well because yeah. this whole situation, cause it's, cause at that moment, I, I need to know what side of the fence you're on because I don't have, I, I can't pick a side. I'm, I'm not in a space where I could pick a side at the end of the day. Cause he, George Floyd could have been any of us. Like Sean Bell could be any of us like at the end of the day. So it's not, a, I don't have, I don't have the privilege to choose whether or not I believe in if institutional racism and racism within the police industry, within the, with police and police brutality is a, a true thing or if it's a, oh, he did, he claims he didn't do it. Let's pull up some bullshit from his past. Like I'm not in that predict. I, we don't have those, we don't have those liberties in this country for us. Unfortunately, when you see when I think when people are now starting to see this stuff, they're starting to say, okay, well we see, all this other shit happening and we don't have any, we don't have a place to escape. I think a lot of people that are coming, that are coming to our aid in this situation are coming from a space of, Oh, I would love to help, but I, I have, I have to go do this or, Oh, I have a job to protect. Now a lot of people don't have jobs. People don't have jobs to protect them. So it's like, yo, fuck that. I'm standing for the people. You can't tell me shit about these big companies. Cause as you can see, Oh, when shit goes thick, they kind of can cut you loose. So I think with when you see situations like this, I think it's a combination of this quarantine putting everybody just to be stuck in the space where they're at home, they can't work, and just seeing everything, just being over overwhelmed with all this information that's coming out with like this George Floyd thing, and then on top of it, I don't know if you saw, but like on Twitter last night, I saw. I guess Atlanta has a curfew now and yep. it was a it was two kids one was from Morehouse and one was from Spelman they were pulled the cops busted the windows and were pulling them out of the car and tasing them and everything and this was shot by the news the news was the one that shot that was showing this because they were looking at the looting and stuff going on and then on top of it you have this this the, you have this stuff even with like Twitter having to speak on on uh 45 or whatever and saying like yo you can't put out that type of tweet from saying if they loot we'll shoot that just that only all that does is incite people that are actually in that are on the opposing side of this at the end of the day and that's and to me i think in that situation that becomes an issue in itself where we have to figure out well, it's, I don't even know how you is is more I, honestly that comes down to like the politics of things of making sure of going out and vote and 
despite the conversation of the better, the the lesser of two evils or whatever the con- whatever the conversation is, this kind of shows you in the sense of what a lot of people have said over the years where the the I'll just put it this way. A lot of people have said that you can you can see racism more blatantly in today's time than you have in the past 10 years, to say the least. And I think when you combine that with technology and police brutality and the the accessibility to iPhones or any type of cell phone that can record you or fucking you could put your shit on live so everybody can see that doesn't even that doesn't even know you like this shit this shit just gets out is out of hand like you have I'll put it like this I've seen in the in the matter of a week in a week and a half I'll say in two weeks I've probably seen at least five or six black people murdered on on camera by someone that's a police officer, a police officer, a retired police officer. Like this shit just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like we have to figure out like, and it's, and to some extent it's, we have to figure out a way of protesting and getting our point across. Like the way they like, I, and I'm not saying I'm not, I have no opinion on the looting thing. Right. Cause they can, those companies need to get their money back through insurance. But a lot of things I think now, cause I, I remember speaking to a friend of mine, they're learning to reevaluate how they even spend their money because at the end of the day, all businesses care about most businesses care about is money. The bottom line is the bottom line at the end of the day you take in, you see, okay, I see they're not supporting. They're not supporting me. I'm going to stop spending my money with them. If I stop spending my money with them, they'll realize, Oh, because remind you black people take up. I think we spend, we're like, we spend the, the far majority of retail consumption, I believe. We're like one of the highest spenders in this country. Yet and still we still get treated like we're at the bottom of a, of someone's fucking boot. So that to me, that shit makes no sense whatsoever. So even understanding from a financial aspect of taking of taking that away from people. And then on top of it, like we have to figure out it's just things that have to be figured out. But you also I think it's also having people that don't look like you fighting alongside of you is what actually helps a lot because at the end of the day racism racism to some extent and i've seen someone say this racism isn't a black issue to some exactly. extent because it's at the end of the day we can't fix it like you've always heard the oh you've always heard the words behind the curtain oh you got to let people like like those old racist people just die out like because a lot of them are in their 80s and 60s and 70s you gotta let those people die out but you seeing like how it just refurbishes itself and now it's just that conditioning goes back into someone that's younger. So I think like it, you having you having white people and you have people that are non-minorities or whatever standing side by side with you. I think it shows a lot where it's like it's a responsibility issue at this moment. Like I'm seeing I've seen a woman. I've seen cops actually run over people, which is freaking yep. wild, which reminds me of Charlottesville at the end of the yep. day. Like it's. It's just, this shit is just man. Listen, I could really go. I I could talk for a whole hour on this just without anybody saying anything. Like this shit just makes no sense. This just goes to show, and this should open up people's fucking eyes that not only you should vote in the presidential election, but vote in your local local fucking elections. Because absolutely, not everything is going to change at the federal level right away. As but voting at the state level or your local town level and all that shit it that helps 
that help yeah. i don't want to hear a motherfucker talk about like oh voting doesn't do shit no voting does do shit motherfucker but you got to start voting at lower levels instead of just the presidential election there's a lot more government than just the federal government and motherfuckers need to start realizing and understanding that if you want change you got to go out and and, and work for that change you know just sitting there sitting on your fucking couch you know fiddling your thumbs and picking your nose talking about oh ain't shit changing no motherfucker you got to go out you got to do something and, you know this this shit happening that's been happening for the past few days now fuck it for like the past two months and everything fuck it even beyond that you know this should really make people to be like all right i'm gonna go out and any way I can help make a change, I can. So when you know it's time for you to go vote, get up, go fucking vote, man. Do it. And I feel like that's gonna help. And you know, and shout out to everybody who really is, you know, that's protesting, peacefully protesting, of course, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, at the end of the day, yes, there's consequences due to the actions and all that stuff, but you still wanna promote, you know, people to do peaceful things. You don't want nobody to go out there and actually hurt other people and shit like that but you <clears throat> with that being said though motherfuckers you know shouts out to all the motherfuckers out there really you know on the front lines and shit you know, trying to bring awareness to the situation because what the what they did is fucked up man it's fucked up there's no arguments debating and all that and i swear man somebody better not come to me and talk about oh well you know he has some criminal history background I, man you because yeah, I, I, yeah, that shit's I, dead right there. Yeah, you know, go ahead. You know, like it, it's really like if it, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, gay, straight, whoever you are. Like it, it doesn't take all that to know that this situation is wrong. Like w we should all be able to come together about the situation and be like, hey, this shit is wrong, and we need to do something to make a change about it. You know, I don't understand as to how you can see it any other way than that. A change needs to be made. Too many lives have been lost over time just because we haven't done anything to try and fix it. Not enough. I don't want to say, I don't say we haven't done anything, but we haven't done enough. Yeah. But I think part of, part of fixing it is, I forget exactly how it went, but like when you look at like, like Dave Chappelle's special, right? You see where Dave Chappelle talks about like Nelson Mandela. And at the time he was talking about women's rights and how in order for us to help them, we have to not, like in order for men to help women in their, in their fight for equality at the time. And this is my impression of what he was saying is that you can't condemn every man that comes to the forefront to help you by bringing up whatever the past is. And I think in this situation, and I'm not going to say it's the same because I don't I can't say I agree with all of that stuff fully um, with this particular situation. But I think this is a situation where where Dave Chappelle was saying, like, in order for you to change this when he was saying how to change the system, it's having to allow everything to uncover. You have to pull the blank. You have to pull the blankets off the bed. And I don't know what that looks like. I'm not sure what that looks like. And this is just me kind of freestyling it. But like. I think a lot of it, I think you, in order for this change to really be able to happen, it has to be something that those within the system can identify as wrong. And by being able to identify that as wrong, I think, I think you, I think then you can actually, like the change can actually be, can happen at a higher level 
Because I think when you have protests and riots and you saw how they burned down the um, the police station or the precinct or whatever, like I think those are things that kind of let people understand, like people that work within that system understand like, yo, this is serious. This is serious to us. This is serious to our people because at the end of the day is is nothing sadder and I've talked to, I've talked, and I, I'm not going to say I've talked to plenty, I've talked to different women before that they all voiced this opinion of the big, one of the biggest fears is that, okay, they go out at night. Like I had a friend hit me up and asking me like how I feel and saying like, be careful because her fear is, oh, like, oh, I'm friends with you. I know you. Her biggest fear is to get a call saying, or get a text message saying, yo, they killed Spence mm. for what? Like it, and just because I, because I could end up in that same situation, or any of us can end up in that situation, we have to do what we can on our side to let them acknowledge, to make them bring the truth out on their side. When the covers get pulled off to some extent, I think that's when you start to see who is who, because you have people in Minnesota. I'm not sure who it was. I don't know if it was in Minnesota, but because there was so much happening. In the, in the course of just these past two weeks from George Floyd to other cases where you're seeing where you have some people saying, well, I don't think he did anything wrong. And I disagree with I verb. I, I strongly disagree with that to say a cop did nothing wrong when they murdered someone with just the pressure of putting their knee on someone's neck. Like that common sense tells me there's so much wrong in that off top. But when you see someone that says, oh, I don't think anything was wrong. Okay, you're one of the problems in the system. Now you're someone I need to really look at. We need to um, we need to pull back the covers of you. I think to some extent it's our responsibility of letting it un, let it be understood that this is unacceptable bias. Yeah. At the end, I think. Sorry. Uh, go ahead and work. Where you? Well, I was just gonna say it's unacceptable bias, but it's also something that they have to understand is that is so unacceptable bias that they need to figure out a change within their system. Because only within that, the system, the system has to change. If you can change this, if the system changes, everything else can kind of falls in line versus, and that's across the board to me. That's just how I look at that. Just from that part, that perspective, that one perspective, there's so much more that needs to be done on, on all ends of the side, on both ends. But a lot of it is for uh, just for me, I'm just saying for us, I think we only can do what we're doing now in terms of protesting let it be understood that this is unacceptable by our culture. So that's why I say like, I appreciate the people who aren't black that are actually going out there and saying like, Hey, this is, this is messed up. You know what I mean? Because we can say it all day for whatever reason, people just see it as like, Oh, they're just mad. They're just mad and they'll eventually get over it and it's going to happen again. And we're going to say it again. And people are going to be like, Oh, they're mad but it's sad. You know what I mean? Like, no, like this is a problem. It's not just sad. This is an issue that's been going on for a very long time and something needs to be done. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I would just, I just hope that everybody is the only scary, the scariest thing out of all of this is um, because we're still living in a space where there's a quarantine going on and there's a pandemic so my just my biggest fear right now is making sure I I just pray and hope that people that are out there protesting don't end up getting this virus because of everybody being outside for this pro for for protesting across the country. So, but I know um, I actually seen something on Twitter about uh, about some of this stuff that uh, I've seen a lot of conversation on Twitter, and you know it was a tweet that really struck struck me a lot, man. 
it said, where is Dr. Umar Johnson right now? Yo, I was just thinking. About I've been thinking the same <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like out of all the people I haven't heard from, where is fucking Dr. Umar? <laughs> exactly. Like this is the moment in time where he, all the stuff that he talks about, this is where he's supposed to shine. Yeah, man. Shit. God damn. Cause he know he ain't going to get no fucking donations. <laughs> You know, I, I was talking to someone about that. I was like, yeah, you know what Dr. Umar is. It's like, yo, ain't no donations in that. He's trying to save the little black boys and girl, the little black boys. He He's like, yo, listen, I don't make no money. I'm not making no money off of that. <laughs> that shit, Man, yeah. I've, I've been waiting to hear him talk about like one, like if he has any type of theories as to why this is done, you know what I mean? Like all that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's actually put only thing I see is like he puts up um he puts up posts on Instagram about this, but it doesn't say much. It's not saying anything to me like it like he put up something about like, do you think there's more white protesting white protesters than there are black? And <sighs> yo, listen, man, he's a, he's definitely a character in itself like. He he was putting up that. Then he was saying some other shit about like, oh, like there's um, like I guess what to do. Like white anarchists, uh, are, what is it? Are white are white property owners paying white anarchists to destroy their businesses for insurance payouts to compensate for the loss lost revenue due to COVID nine COVID nineteen quarantine losses? That's actually a good. Mm, I don't know about that question. That might actually be a good question, but. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, he broke oh, he his posted something. So apparently, Ifatunde speaks. Hashtag oh. Dr. Umar Instagram live. Papa, P O P A. That's the Prince of Pan African. Um, breaks his silence. The colorblind coup de was hijacking of the 2020 protest for Black Justice for Government sponsored operations. It happened at three o'clock today. Oh, he's live right oh, now. Oh, shit. Oh, I'll turn that shit on. <laughs> oh, hold on, wait. Yo, send me a link to that. Yeah, yeah, send it to me too, bro. We gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah, I think this podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh let's end it real quick. I think with that being said, uh, <laughs> I sent it to y'all Instagrams. Um yeah, I wanna actually tune into that. Um I did want to talk about the Azalea Banks and Dave Chappelle thing, but long story short, Dave, uh, Azalea Banks claims that Dave Chappelle had sex with her and he cheated on his wife. And he believes, <laughs> he believes that, and most people believe that Dave Chappelle would make a uh, sketch comedy out of this. So that's all. That was the last thought I really had to get off. So, man, we're not worried about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just want to say, to everybody before we get off, you know, everybody stay safe, of course, because the pandemic is still out there. You know, shout out to everybody protesting, whether, you know, you black, you Hispanic, you white. And if you're standing up for, you know, for justice, you know, shouts out to you as well. Uh, and once again, and uh, to the first corporations to to do it, Nike and Adidas, shout out to them. The other ones, they ain't getting no fucking shout out because they're just following suit. And so this way they don't look bad. Um other than that, though, man, shouts out 
you know, to my brothers, sisters from all from all places and all races, you know what I mean? And uh, fuck them police officers, you know. Uh, I hope they, they get first degree murder. I think third degree is too light. Shouts out to the white, black, Hispanic, Asian, anybody who's on the front lines uh, standing up for this injustice that happened. I hope y'all are safe out there. Uh, definitely take care of yourselves, and we'll see y'all next time. Y'all been highly advised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I wish y'all all the best. Everybody stay safe out there. And like like my man said, y'all been highly advised. All right, stop recording this so we can watch this shit.